Well, today, obviously, uh, our worship uh, is focused around celebrating the Lord's Supper. And, of course, in this hour as well, you've also seen that we've baptized. So we celebrate those two ordinances that we have in the life of our church, baptism and Lord's Supper. And Christ commanded us to observe the Lord's Supper until He comes again. And we baptize as often as we can because that's dependent upon uh, people making profession of faith in Christ and baptizing them to identify them as believers in Christ. And so it's a, it's a day of celebration, a day of, of worship and celebration that focuses upon uh, this Lord's Supper. And a day of excitement should be of anticipation uh, as we think about our worship together with the Lord's Supper and baptism. But I have a fear that sometimes, especially as we celebrate Lord's Supper in particular, and maybe our worship um, in general, that um, we've kind of lost a sense of, of expectation and excitement uh, about what could be coming um, in, in the life of our church, and that God could really do something profoundly exciting in the, in the movement and power of the Holy Spirit. So I don't think we have any problem seeing in the Lord's Supper uh, the past, where we review what took place in the past as Jesus sat with the disciples and, and gave this meal to them. And what he did is he shared his body and shed his blood. And then in the present means now, that we're gathered here now as believers in this presence, in, in this location, in this time, uh, to celebrate and be reminded of the fact that the Holy Spirit is here with us as we celebrate. But I think it's that future anticipation and, and a certain sense of expectation about the, the future that maybe we've forgotten about and we don't understand maybe quite as much as we should. I'm reminded of a story that's told that happened in a third grade Sunday school class. And they happened to be studying Pentecost that day. You know, Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit was unleashed. And it did so in dramatic fashion. And the teacher was telling the little third graders about about how the Holy Spirit came and the people were gathered together and the Holy Spirit descended upon them like tongues of fire. And all the people began to speak uh, in, in different tongues, in different languages and how God was manifest and the Holy Spirit was unleashed. And one little girl whose eyes got as big as saucers said, gee, she said, our family must have been out of town that Sunday. <laughs> and you know what I find in her answer is that she hadn't lost that sense of awe and wonder about worship. That was a third grader who teaches us a lesson about the fact that she still believed that in the midst of their worship, in the midst of their ordinary going about the time of worship, taking up the offering, uh, people uh, nodding off during the sermon, maybe even people leaving to, to answer a a cell phone call, or maybe even to answer the call of nature, that even there, in the midst of that, God could do something profoundly exciting. And I think we need to claim that same sense of excitement. Because when we gather here, we should be filled with expectation as well as celebration. When we gather here, we need to be aware of the past. That when we take the bread and we take the cup, we remember the past and how the body of Jesus was broken for us. And the cup reminds us of how his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sin that brings us redemption. So I think the past is pretty clear. And then the present reminds us that it's here in this time, in the midst of the, this congregation, and in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate. But I think it's that sense of, 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 of future anticipation that we're woefully negligent. And we have to remember that that was a great part about 
Uh, what Jesus said about instituting the Lord's Supper as we remember it and, and what it means for us. I want us to look at a, a passage of Scripture that takes us way into the future and gives us an idea of something uh, that's so wonderful and glorious that we ought to be looking forward to that gives us reason to be filled with expectation and anticipation as we come to celebrate, not only today, but every time that we worship, but particularly today as we think about the Lord's Supper. In chapter 19 of John's Revelation, we'll read the first 10 verses. John says, After this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven, shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are His judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of His servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! And the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen, Hallelujah! Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you His servants, you who fear Him, both small and great. And John says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. And catch this phrase. This is what, this is what we anticipate. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And then in parentheses it says, fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You see, John gave us here a glimpse of that future that ought to excite us and should fill us with a sense of, of expectation about the future that Jesus implied when he established this Lord's Supper. And John wasn't the only one concerned about that. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul in his writing in, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, when he writes about how Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, he said that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And I think there's the portion of this that we have forgotten. We know we're proclaiming the Lord's death. That through His body given for us and His blood shed for us, we experience salvation, the forgiveness of our sins. But it's that future until He comes again that I think we forget about. Remember what John said there in verse 9? He said, blessed are, in Revelation, he said, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. So that's the wedding feast. The wedding feast that is in the future for us. That God has established for us and that Christ talked to us about and that He promised us. So I want us to think about that for a few moments this morning before we celebrate in this act of communion with the bread and the cup. First of all, this was a promise of the banquet of God that was given many, many years prior to this initial time. In Isaiah chapter 25, we find the prophet writing about this time to come when God's people would feast in His presence. 
And he says, on this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. You see, many, many years prior to the coming of Christ, the prophet Isaiah saw that time coming where there would be that glorious celebration in the future. And you notice that it sounds so much like what we find in Revelation about what God would do. would wipe away all tears, take care of death, that it would be abolished forever. And that God would, God would ultimately destroy whatever divided or oppressed his people. And that was a wonderful thing to look forward to. The Jewish nation looked forward to that. And when Christ arrived 2,000 years or so ago, he, he often said things about this messianic feast and this time that would come. In Luke's gospel, when he established this Lord's Supper, he said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. There it is, looking forward to that time that he will celebrate that with us in the kingdom yet to come. And as soon as, the, as the, Jesus passed the cup around the table, he said, I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so from that moment, he gave us reason to come to the table and share in the bread and the cup with a sense of expectation and anticipation of the fulfillment of the promise made so long ago through Isaiah. And then of the promise that Jesus made on that night with the disciples when he instituted the Lord's Supper. And that is that he will come again. And when he does and claims his bride, the church, then we anticipate that marriage feast of the Lamb. And we sit down with him in the kingdom of God. And we partake of this meal. And Jesus is there with us. We will see him face to face. We will dine with him at the table. All because of God's grace. And the second thing to see is that Jesus uh, often pictured the gathering of God's kingdom people as a great banquet. He often made reference to that. So that people would be excited about what's coming in the future. What can they anticipate? What can they look forward to? See, I think that oftentimes when we think about looking forward, and, and if we do have a sense of anticipation about heaven, is we're thinking more about terms of being reunited with loved ones, family members. Nothing wrong with that. But don't forget at the same time that there's going to be a glorious reunion with Jesus Christ. And we're going to see him face to face. And we're going to have the opportunity to sit down at a table at a great banquet, a wonderful feast, and celebrate with him. That ought to give us wonderful reason to anticipate what's going to come in the future. In Luke 14, Jesus told a story about the kingdom and he put it in terms of a feast with these words. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus replied with this story. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. 
But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. And the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. And I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. You see how Jesus pictured the time to come and the fulfillment of time as a wonderful feast, a great banquet time? And he gives us an opportunity to participate in that. And we shouldn't reject that opportunity and make excuses for that. And Jesus described that kingdom in the presence of God, that God is the one who plans this gathering. He is the one who hosts the meal. He is the one who extends the invitation. And it's his grace that allows room for everyone to attend who will accept the invitation. And we're reminded of that in the past and claim it in the present through the bread, which represents the body of Jesus Christ broken for us, sacrificed for us in our place, and through the cup. That represents the blood of Jesus Christ shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And that's how we come to experience salvation. That's how we accept God's gracious invitation to be a part of the kingdom and to anticipate that heavenly banquet when we sit down at the kingdom feast with Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And so we look forward to that time. And we see that it is compared to a great banquet feast. And I think the third thing to remember today as we look at this is that The Lord's Supper anticipates the heavenly banquet where we will share this meal with Christ. Jesus said that as he shared that bread and the cup with disciples, these words in Matthew 26. Matthew records these. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of my covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. What is that day? Jesus says, I won't drink of this. I won't celebrate with this for you until that day when I drink it anew in my Father's kingdom. He's talking about that day when he has returned and gathered his church, that's his bride, and we are gathered together in the glories of heaven and we are seated at that table for that wonderful banquet, for that feast that God has promised us. Remember in chapter 19 of Revelation, we read a few moments ago, verse 9, the angel said to John, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. You see, that's that great celebration that should fill us with expectation and anticipation as we come to share in this meal. He's planned a celebration that's beyond any celebration that you have ever attended in your life. And the gathering around that table as the bride of Christ also sees the fulfillment of all the promises that God has made to us. You see, we live in a time of war. 
But this table promises us that in the future there will be a time of peace that will last forever. We live in a time of illness and death. And we're reminded of the harshness of death almost every day. But this table reminds us that a time is coming when there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow, and no more death. We live in a time of trouble and grief and sadness. But God promises us in this table that there's a time where he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death, no more suffering, no more sorrow. And you see, this table reminds us that we just don't reflect upon the past. And we don't just claim it and live in it for the present. But we look forward to the future with a great sense of expectation, a spirit of anticipation for what God is going to do. In the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., there are statues that stand guard around a large hall. Here's one of them, a picture of one of them. This particular one symbolizes history. And then above that statue are words from a poem written by Alfred Lloyd Tennyson, which says this, One God, one law, one element, and one far-off divine event to which the whole creation moves. What is that one event? It's the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and what we know as his second coming. It's the gathering of the saints, the bride, the children of God. It's taking us there to the glories of heaven where we will sit with him and feast at that banquet. So when we gather today and we celebrate this meal, we're reminded of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the words of Jesus himself who said, I will not share this meal with you again until I drink it new in the Father's kingdom. There's that sense of anticipation and expectation that should be ours. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, And you know the significance of the past, that it's through his body that was shared and his his blood that was shared so that we can experience God in a personal way and our sins are forgiven. Then you're invited to partake of this and remember that. And you also are encouraged to remember that during this time, God is present through the power of his Holy Spirit to minister to you and speak to you. And then you should look towards the future as Jesus talked about the promise that he will return. And when he returns, he gathers his church, the bride, and we all sit down together at a glorious banquet in the glories of heaven, and we share that with Jesus face to face. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you're in right relationship both with God and your fellow human beings, then you're invited to share in this meal today.